Good morning, everybody. It's your boy, the D is silent. Back at it with another episode. Um, trying to get these episodes weekly as I used to. Um, I know I've been lagging on it a little bit this year, but nonetheless, I'm still here. Um, follow me around Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Although I haven't been on TikTok in a minute doing anything there. Um, I don't know. I think TikTok's more for me of watching the videos and I don't really do anything on there. But maybe I'll podcast on there eventually. Who knows? Uh, but either way, follow me on Instagram. Sometimes I, I hop on there, check out the memes, dip out real quick. Mostly active on Twitter. Um, you know, so. Uh, let's talk about, um, oh, so let me, so today is a Saturday. It's the March 19th. It's about 6.30 in the morning. I'm heading to work. And uh, let's get this episode started. So last night I watched um, Project Adam or The Adam Project. I'm not sure what's the name of it on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds. It has, uh, it has, I think it's Zoe Saldana in it a little bit. It's got, uh, it's got a bunch of famous people you know. It's a, uh, I gotta get the movie like about an 8 out of a 10. Maybe seven and a half out of a ten. Uh, overall, I really liked the movie. I thought it was a. You have to really take the movie for what it is. It's just kind of like. It's it's a good story. Um, it's a little bit sci-fi-ish, but. I think it's geared more for a younger audience. Obviously, the main character is the little Adam. He's probably like, well, they say he's 12 years old. Uh, it has to do with time travel and shit. But I, I gotta say the movie is decent. Um, overall, basically what happens is Ryan Reynolds plays the older Adam in the future. And like, he goes back in time. Now, they don't initially tell you why. It's kind of like they kind of try to reveal that during the movie. But he ends up crashing and meeting like his younger self. So... Um, you know, time travel is so funny because everybody kind of believes in it, and yet, um, time travel to me is not necessarily. I think you're thinking, I think a lot of people think about time travel in a certain way, even the Avengers, like going back to the past, but. I don't know. I don't really see time like that. I kind of see it as like a sideways type of affair. Kind of like... Almost multiverse in a sense. Like... I've, I see like time... Being kind of like... If you pictured yourself bending over to pick up a fork... And... But at the same time... You know, you do, you do that motion. You do it without thinking about it. But... Why did you bend over to pick up that fork right then and there? Could you have waited one second? Could you have stopped and looked at the fork? Could you have kicked the fork? Could you have not picked up the fork? Could you have just, like, grabbed the spoon instead? You know, or, you know you know what I mean? I see it as, like, at one singular point, and then there being, like, 
a hundred different, maybe a hundred million, a billion, infinite possibilities at that one point in time, or that one second that you thought that one thing. And I kind of think that that's what time travel is, where you don't actually travel back to a certain, because I don't think you can travel back, but I think you can travel sideways, like, okay, well, you're going to pick the best possibility, maybe instead of picking up the fork, you pick up a spoon. And that somehow alters your uh, your reality going forward or your, your life going forward. That the spoon was the best decision you made at that one point, particular point in time. Or in that instance. And because you pick up that spoon, maybe you had cereal that morning, which led to you having a good day at work, which got you a promotion. Which led to you finding your wife, having kids, and ultimately, you know, gar- gathering, I don't know. $100 million for personal wealth and your life is will never have to be hard. Maybe because you picked up the spoon. I think that's time travel like that. I think I don't I don't know if it's going to reveal like go back to the past more so as it shows you what could happen in the future should you choose these options. And I think and I think that's that's also dangerous, but I don't really see a lot that's kind of confused. People got multiverse and different possibilities confused with time travel. Uh, it's nonetheless it's fun to talk about um, and I know time travel has been kind of a big subject over the years you know especially with the Simpsons and supposedly they predict um, the future and they, they predicted it so many times uh, a, blo- a broken clock is always right twice a day so don't get me wrong when somebody comes out there with some wild ass idea that uh, oh our president will be assassinated tomorrow, you know, or something like that. Or tomorrow we're going to find life on Mars. Somebody's probably said that. And eventually some things just come to pass. You know, it just it happens. And I kind of feel like that's the same with time travel. I mean, with people thinking of what time travel is. But nevertheless... The movie is really good. It kind of deals with the older Adam, supposedly. You see, this is one thing that irks me about movies a little bit, especially big Hollywood movies. Like in Terminator, I think it was Terminator Salvation. They said that the machines took over the world, and it it would have already been by now. I think they, when they made the movie in the early 2010s, like they, I think they put it by like 2025, like the machines had taken over. So you're like. And it's really close. Like, this movie says by 2050, we already have flying saucer type vehicles where space travel and time travel is already like a possibility. And for the like the common man, so I'm not exactly sure. I don't think we're we're nowhere. Looking at the sad state of oil and you know World War Three, just about ready to pop off. I don't really know if we're anywhere close to said things, let alone within 30 years. That's I don't, just don't see it. That's why I think, you know, overall, like, the movie is a good, you know, just a little bit. I ought to have made that Adam come from, like, 20. But then again, you can't you can't do that because of his uh, Ryan Reynolds' age. You can't say he's, like, 60 years older than himself because then you're talking about an old man. You know, 
but you know, nonetheless, they're saying by 2050 we're gonna have time travel. So that's what they're just something you gotta kind of take. With the story, he's like, okay, so you know, okay, whatever. He meets his younger self, and the kid, the kid in the movie is. They found a good kid, good kid actor. I mean, I don't know where they dug him up, up, but he's got, he's just as quick and witty as Ryan Reynolds is. And uh, he plays pretty good. And I think his mom... Who's his mom? I don't know who his mom is. I think she's another famous actor. But... Um, they meet each other. They go over. They, find, they figure out that they're like... They're each other. And they're... You know... The kid version of Adam is really smart. And the older version of him is really the bronze... Of the operation. Um... And then they meet, and then they come to find out that he's going back to try to save his wife. And, you know. That's what he's doing in the past. Oh, my God, as I keep yawning. But anyways, he he missed the year, so he has to go back another four years. But he has to stay a little bit so his ship repairs, the ship is self-repairing again. This is technology that they just kind of took at liberty. And again, if you look, if you really look at it, and that, uh, what do you say? If you analyze a movie like that, really analytically, you just got to guess. You just got. You would assume that we would be close to such. Yeah, you just really have to take at liberty that the like they just. But it, you know, in a movie like that. Like, I went into it with no expectation. I just wanted to watch it because, it, you know, it looked pretty decent on the Netflix little... And I had seen, like, advertisement for it. Like, watch this movie. You know, you just never know what you, to expect. You know, I pay for Netflix anyway, so might as well watch it. You know, with all Netflix's uh, price increases and rules and regulations, which I don't understand the fuss about. The price, I do understand the fuss, but the, the sharing of it... I don't understand myself. But I kind of feel like... Um, yeah, you just kind of have to tune your brain out to this stuff. The movie, you know, it's a fun, it was a fun little movie. That's what I kind of feel like. It, was like. it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen by any long... By any means of the... It was just kind of a movie that I seen. Like, I was like, okay, like... Yeah, that's cool, you know. Uh... But I just kind of watched it, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, so he goes back in time to save his wife, and then he couldn't find out that they had to go back another four years to meet the dad to stop time travel from ever being kind of a thing. And But at the same time, that you know, the dad's a big part of the equation that they don't ever... They, they talk about a lot in, at length in the beginning, but that they don't... You don't meet him until, like, kind of the latter part of the movie. And that's played by, um... Mark Ruffalo. Uh, or, as, or as I call him... A.K.A. Dr. Banner. And playing a, and he plays a scientist... In, a, in this... Movie, too. Maybe he can't get out of those science... Uh, movies. But... You know... He, the dad died, you know... So the kid... Both of the Adams are kind of like they kind of miss him, so they see him and they, you know, they gotta spend some time with him and whatnot. 
and they're like, well, they can't tell him that he dies, and they don't. But they altered his future, so you know, I'm not sure if there's gonna be a part two to the Adam Project. I was kind of waiting for a part two to the other, the Tomorrow War, which they said there is gonna be a part two. Um, it's a very, di- very different takes on time travel and what happens in time travel. Uh, but ultimately, they stop the evil villain person, and you know, time travel. I would assume never gets invented, but I think it does. Um. So I'm not exactly sure if. In this little movie, the multiverse or whatever, because they kind of talked about it, and I think they were just taking a lot of jabs at Marvel and just, you know, it, and Netflix kind of does that because I I've been noticing that that Jet Li's the one was on Netflix, and that just deals with the multiverse in its in and of itself. So maybe people are chomping their bits at all kinds of movies like that that they're those are up for viewing right now. This movie, Jet Li, I mean, you know, just a lot of movies dealing with that. I think even Terminator's on, you know, and I even think they talk about Terminator in, um, in, you know, this movie, The Adam Project. I'm not sure if it's Project Adam or Adam Project. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, I watched it. I just turned it on last night to watch it. Uh, but overall, it was good. I mean, if you just kind of just... I just kind of watched it. Uh, like I said, I don't give it anything higher than an A. And I think an even A is too high. It's probably like a 7. It's probably even less than a 7. But I, I give it for the benefit of that because I thought it was kind of funny. I actually thought it was really, like... I think they do cuss a little bit. But I think it was a really good movie. I mean, the, every character in there, to me, was like... Kind of cool, you know, in their own way. Had a lot of familiar faces, so that's, you know, always a plus. They had cool stuff, cool... You know, it was just... It was really, like... It was, like, a cool, fun movie that you could watch with your family. Especially if you have a younger... Um, it's really tailored to a younger audience. And I kind of feel like... I, I'm always... I kind of watch those movies. Like, I watched that movie with The Rock. And, um... Gal and Ryan Reynolds. I can't think of... I can't think of it right off the top of my head. But I watched that movie, uh, too, about a couple months ago. And I thought that movie was really good. And I was like, you know, to me it was... Ryan Reynolds stays making Netflix movies. Because he did that one, too, where he was racing around in the car. uh, Six Underground or something like that. And I'm like, okay. But, you know, I can't think of the movie with him and The Rock. Let me see. Maybe I could dig it up real quick. But it's, you know... Let's see, The Rock. Let's see, Ryan. Reynolds, Gal Gadot. What is the name of that movie? It is Red Notice. It, which was a good movie. Well, I mean, for me, I just kind of... I just kind of watched and I liked that. I was like, okay, that's that's a cool movie. Like, I thought, again, I thought that was funny. You know, and to me, if you... you See, this is kind of like Marvel has kind of got its little claws digging into movies. The movie's got to be kind of funny. Um, you know, I, I just otherwise I'm not really entertained by it because I, I kind of feel like 
the dark movies are too dark and there's no like a little let up I mean if a dark movie is going to be dark I want it to be a certain way and it's just not most of the dark movies are not well done you know and I hate that oh that monotone voice that fucking that you need a cough drop voice that I can't stand I mean it's just one of those things but overall yeah the Project Adam was really good I mean if you haven't seen it I kind of recommend just flicking it on it's only it's less than two hours so you know, it's a good little movie. It gets a little, it gets a little tight, emotional at the end. I kind of feel like all the movies try that, and uh, you know, it's what it is. I mean, I think it's a decent movie. So is Red Notice. If you didn't watch Red Notice, that was good too. It's kind of, it's kind of like the same type of, not the same type of movie, but the same flavor. Um, uh, but when I get when I get back right now, because I'm going to have to pause out because I'm getting towards work. When we get back, we're going to discuss uh, Devontae Adams and the Raiders. So, and possibly a little bit on the World War Three front and what it all could mean. So, hang tight. I'll be right back. Okay, so I'm back. So, let's talk a little bit about... Well, first of all, just go watch the Adam Project. I think it's kind of cool. Um, but let's get to it. Let's get to this Devontae Adams... Raiders uh trade that took place. I think it's for a first first round pick and a <laughs> second round pick in next year's draft, I believe. And uh what does that overall mean? I think it was a necessary move for the Raiders. Um knowing the last couple of years the wide receiver Issues we've had, whether it been Amari Cooper didn't want to be there, whether it was Antonio Brown didn't want to play for the Raiders either, whether it's Henry Ruggs and all that transpired with him. Um, Moss, if you go back that far, we've had we've struggled at the wide receiver position for a number of years, as well as a quarterback, and maybe that's. Perhaps due to because the quarterback was lackluster. You know, not not, not saying that um, Derek Carr is lackluster, but he's had a little bit of an unfortunate string of events with his receiving core as well. Uh, so I think this kind of addresses it a little bit. And I'm okay with giving up a first-round pick because I think Devontae, Devontae Adams is a first-round talent. Probably even better than that. I think he's probably uh, you can build your franchise around. So I think that's okay for the Raiders to have done that. And I kind of feel like the Raiders also are really in a in an arms race with the Chargers, Chiefs, and Denver. They had to do something. So I think it's a it's a multiple faceted move. There, I think they probably had been eyeing him, and I think they were like, "We we got a good chance to get him because he has a college friendship with Devontae Adams." And you know, then again, it addresses a little bit of issues. I mean, we had to get a wide receiving talent somewhere, and and I'm okay with giving up a first round pick if we get in a first round talent like like Devontae Adams is. And I don't, and I'm not too much big on the guy's stats. I know for Rodgers, he was a beast. Um, and I know also just, you know, he was torching a lot of people in the NFC. 
the AFC is a little bit tougher, but I think he has an advantage. I think I don't think anybody's got. I don't know if Kansas City can cover a true number one receiver. I don't know if they're if they're that exposed. I don't know if the Chargers can. So I think we got definitely we might have one of the. If he's not the best receiving receiver in the AFC West, he's probably one in A or one B. I don't. I can't think. Maybe Tyreek Hill is up there, but I think he's more speedy, so maybe he can cover him. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like a true overall talent, I think Devontae Adams is probably the top. Might be the top receiving in the AFC West. With that said. Um, Chandler Jones as well, we picked up, which I think is a solid pickup because Max Crosby is good. And then we've got Cleveland Farrell on the line. Uh, we're going to have Chandler Jones. And uh, I think we can just literally plug in anybody else that's hungry and has any sort of production. We should, get, we should be getting to the quarterback or having these quarterbacks run for their life um, or trying to shade a whole entire game plan to not just be in a drop back situation and letting Chandler and letting uh Max and letting a couple other players just you know tee off you know and again we had to do that because we got Boza at the Chargers I mean there's just um talent on the defensive lines in all of the AFC West opponents now I can't, I can't remember who's on uh, the Chiefs' defensive line, but I know they're they're pretty good. And, um, and yeah, I mean, they, but the overall, I think it, the move is really good for the Raiders. Uh, we needed to do something. And, I, I mean, I, not, not that we had, that this was just a, but we needed to do something to kind of bring back, I think, the notion that, you know, again, I, I kind of feel like we, that we're not so one-dimensional. I mean, it's just a multiple, there's multiple layers of it. I think we needed to bring somebody in that was really productive at that position, really good, and then also, you know, put fear into the other teams that they're not going to just be able to tee off on Waller or tee off on Renfro or double cover like anybody else. Um and Adams going to get double covered, but then you're going to leave Waller and Renfro. And I mean, you can run the scenarios in your head. Okay, that's is a good, it's a good offensive pickup. Is what it is, and I and I'm okay with like I said, I'm okay with him getting it because he can get a first round talent, uh, and probably take a couple years to groom him. You know, get him adjusted to the speed of the game. Devontae Adams comes in; he already knows the speed of the game. He just has to iron out some wrinkles with Carr, and what I mean, iron out wrinkles is just. You know, rekindling whatever they had in college, and then also working out a game plan with the rest of the team, and then just you know, because you know they haven't been, you know, they just need to get reacquainted and time the routes and things of that nature, which I think, I think should be done in preseason and just just practice. And I wouldn't doubt if they're already not, you know, if they're not already like talking it and what they're going to do you know so I know that you know the camaraderie there is already there so I'm I'm cool with that I'm you know the first round pick even the second round pick even the money they gave him I think that's pretty much 
I think that was pretty much, you know, I know it was a, it was a win-win for the Raiders there. It's a win-win for Adams. And it was a win-win for, I think, the Packers. I think overall that was a really good trade. I know the Packers didn't really want to give him, give him up. But it's kind of one of those things where they're like, well, they're going to get a first-round pick. They're going to get a second-round pick. They're going to get, you know, a chance to draft another another player. Probably one of Aaron Rodgers choosing. Somebody with some fresh legs, a fresh face there. You know, so, I mean, it's a win-win overall for all, all parties. And, and I'm kind of glad that the Raiders got it. Now, addressing that we got Chandler Jones as well. I just I see two major things that we're kind of lacking, and I think we need a cornerback. I don't. I think we got you know, Abrams is a a safety, which I'm kind of okay with, but I think he'd be kind of okay being a, like. Well, they say everybody says to be undersized for a linebacker, but you know, I'm okay with him. I mean, he just can't be totally like left one on one. In coverage, that's kind of what I feel like is his weakness. Maybe he could work on that, you know. But I think we definitely need a corner so that way, when he is at a at the safety position, he um, you know, he can master the safety blitz, and then also when he is uh, have to double team another player, you know, he's not so much all by himself, all alone out there. Which is what I kind of feel is like what happened to him last season. The corners got lost in the routes, and then he's out there like trying to do everything by himself, and he was getting torched. Which I don't look back, but I think he's a really good player. He showed a lot of improvement, Jonathan Abrams. But I still think we need a, a good corner. I mean, I don't know where we're going to get one. And then that's another position that the Raiders have for a while. I sense Asamoa. Uh, since Asuma was uh, on the team, it has really been kind of like we don't have really good corners out there. I mean, I know everybody, we've had decent, we've had decent, but I mean, even before Asuma, we've had, I mean, the corner position has really been kind of like, the cornerback position has really evolved in the game. These are basically wide receivers that just play defense. Uh, with Richard Sherman and, uh, you know, a couple other cats out there. Just out there. just They just lock down the half the field. Like, and a lot of them, the, like I said, they're just basically wide receivers that play cornerback. And they want to get paid the same. But I kind of feel like that that aspect of the of the position has really risen and the Raiders had not followed um they had not followed pace in the in the NFL. They didn't we haven't got anybody that just comes in and is just wild, like wildly good. It's just not there yet. Uh maybe we will get one. Uh maybe we could defensively work on it. And uh you know, see what we could do there. Another key thing that I'm kind of really worried about is our offensive line. Um, I know Devontae Adams should alleviate probably a handful of blitzes per game, as well as 
uh, sort of stopping a little bit of loading the box. Uh, but you're gonna still get pressures anyways, and teams will get to the quarterback with four quarter with four. You know when they play the four three defense, uh, teams will still get to the quarterback. You know, so we need to shore up that offensive line. I mean, I'm not sure what's going on with Richie Incognito. Uh, Leatherwood had up and down season. Colton Miller, you know, he's I think he's their best, but. Our offensive line was graded really low last year, and I kind of feel like, you know, we need some improvement there. And uh, I don't know if we're going to draft some cats. Again, we don't have very many picks this year, so I think we're going to have to go out and get uh, a couple of bodies. So I don't think we're done in that free agency aspect, unless Josh McDaniels and the and the. General managers see something there that they're like, okay, well, this offensive line just needs a little bit better. Maybe they were struggling because of the the deep threat absence that was Henry Ruggs. Maybe that's why. Maybe they put it on film. I don't. I mean, I don't know. You know, but I can see. I. I it doesn't hurt to get a big body in there that just does not move or move or moves people. You know. And again, we we play Joey Bosa. I think there's there's cats up and down. You know, they're just hungry in the AFC West. So to keep, you know, we need an offensive line to um, really pound uh, these these defensive lines into the ground. I think that's just another. To me, that's you know we can get third and fourth round picks uh, uh, that are offensive line. I'm sure that's probably where we're headed. That and a cornerback. I think those are. Two things that we need, and we can always make trades. We can always, um, somebody may just shake loose at any moment, you know, that just wants out of their, you know, Josh Norman was a, you know, he's out there somewhere. I mean, I, there's a, there's plenty of people that are just out there somewhere. Um, and we don't need to run back, and I kind of feel like we're gonna have to address the quarterback situation. I know a lot of people got their car there long term now, but I kind of sneakily feel like this is a this is an audition for him with the possibility if it, the season doesn't go, if we don't reach the playoffs, I think they're gonna be next year probably looking at drafting a quarterback. Um, that's just how I feel personally. I think this is kind of like a okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna give him all the benefit of the doubt, and we're gonna put together the best team that we can and he's got weapons now I mean there shouldn't be an excuse but the offensive line could be an excuse but you know as long as you know we if it really depends if we lose because you know the AFC West is stacked not all four teams are going to the playoffs so somebody's going to win like four games or maybe six games while the rest are dancing around winning like 10 plus. And it could very well be the Raiders. I mean, that could be that that could I could just be missing something here. I don't think so, but it could be. Um <clears throat> It's just one of those things. You never know. We you know we don't know how this is. Derek Carr could just run out the first game and just throw his shoulder out of 
whack, and that could be it. It could be our season down the drain. You know, I don't. We don't really have a backup quarterback. We have Mariota, I think. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes. And I think Mariota should be more involved in the games. He should be out on the field, either in the running back position. Uh, several times in the game, he should be. Uh, he should be at the tight end position. You know, I don't know how hard it is to line up at the tight end position. Run the play, and then leak out. I mean, get him the ball in open space and let him run. You know, and then and then switch it up with Carr. You know, like he should be more involved. And I don't understand why the NFL hasn't gotten to that point yet, where you know a team. Obviously, the Wildcat in running quarterbacks is always going to be an option. And I don't know why they haven't, somebody, the light bulb hasn't clicked like, okay, we'll put a Derek Carr with, you know, like Lamar Jackson. And we'll have Derek Carr lined up at the fullback spot, you know, with Lamar Jackson up there. And I know the NFL is, but that's how the kind of the NFL is built. Like, they want one quarterback, one guy commanding the team. But I don't see the problem with the dual the dual quarterback, as they call it, is the you know the running quarterback. But I don't see a problem with dual quarterbacks on the field. Um, but that's the Raiders' move so far. I guess we're gonna wait to see when the draft comes and what games are gonna um, eventually play. So and when it is, what game I'm probably gonna go to. Uh, but overall, I think we did good so far in the offseason. Just kind of we need to address the cornerback and the offensive line situation for the Raiders. Uh, but moving on from that, I'll probably get this the rest of this episode up. We're going to talk about a little bit, just a little bit about World War Three, and the pieces that are slowly falling falling into place. Um, in the ever there's a call like, it's like to me, it's like a little calm before the storm actually. So we'll talk about that coming up here shortly. Hang tight. <clears throat> okay, welcome back everybody. So this is going to wrap this episode up. I got. Two topics I wanted to talk about. Um, I got some coming up. I'm trying to finish up watching um, Disenchantment. Uh, what else? Um, also playing some Minecraft. But I mean, I can't really talk about Minecraft unless you know I'm playing it at that time. You know. But anyways, let's get into this. I don't think people realize that we are headed for like a world war. Like we're the the stage is set. I don't really know if people. Re- I mean, I think people were joking about it in the beginning, but I kind of feel like it's about to tip off. Like, like we're gonna have to go put boots in Europe and Russia. You know. It looks more and more like China's going to align with Russia instead of the free world. Uh, but really, it's just like a couple of moves away. Like, you know, or a couple of days. But I, again, I think this war is like a stop and start where I think something happens. We're going to get involved. We're going to be like a battle or two and then like months go by before anything actually happens again. You know, it's kind of how I felt like a stop and start war. Uh, 
which is going on right now in Ukraine because it, you would assume the Russians would have just bulldozed Ukraine over and gotten to Kiev and gotten out the president, but hasn't happened yet. I started fighting and they just kind of like been moseying about their business. Uh, again, I kind of feel like they kind of been lagging on taking Kiev. Um, I'm sure most of you guys are well aware of what's going on there. But I mean, it's kind of Ukraine has been kind of asking for everybody's help and they're not really getting it. And that kind of sucks. But I feel at the same time, you know, Russia is not going to stop at Ukraine. They just can't. Because, uh, you know, this is a power grab more so than anything. They, they, I mean, Ukraine supposedly has oil and stuff, but it's really just a power grab. Uh, a show of force. But again, uh, you know, Russia's not all of a sudden going to, we're not going to all of a sudden start importing all kinds of goods from Russia. That just doesn't happen. And I think as America is finally going to start leaning away from, you know, oil. You know, the, the, the world, the world, uh, I don't know, global economy comes really into focus that China still is going to remain probably at power number two. The only thing that I can see is Russia getting mad at China, but I don't really know if they can do anything. As much as Russia has military, China has... China could just call for help. And China's got a lot of people to defend itself. You know. There's a billion people there. I don't really know if Russia could send more than like a million people at one time but China could send probably 10 million soldiers to stop it I mean that's just kind of how I feel about it so I don't really know Russia doesn't gain anything from taking Ukraine and this invasion is kind of just it's just a power grab and right now you know I think you got to come to the realization if you're the generals in there and that this it's not as if they were attacked and then they're on the rampage uh, this is an assault you know to get to gain power and it really doesn't achieve it what do you do you set up a puppet government and what you all of a sudden gain uh, become the world's supply leader of oil? No. Just a lot of things don't happen the way the global economy and the global dynamics work. So, but I think we're still we're probably I feel like there were the United States is 
gearing up for another false flag. Probably it might not happen during Biden's administration. But I kind of see like because we still do business with like I think Poland and in some of these other countries and Russia's right there. I think it would if the you know it ain't gonna take much to get us involved. This is what I'm gonna say. Maybe not a false flag, but it's not gonna take much for the United States to get involved in this war. And Russia gonna find out why America uh, has the worst fucking healthcare system in the global on the planet for a fucking free nation. They're gonna find out why our fucking teachers are underpaid and our students aren't the brightest out there. They're gonna find out why we don't have fucking uh, 5G internet and and freeways and hyper bullet trains built in this country. They're gonna find out why. We're gonna find out a lot about us. We're gonna find out why we don't have. We're not like the Jetsons right now. You know. They're gonna find out a lot of things about us. We're gonna find out that all our money goes to literally politicians and the military. Uh, we got a lot of toys. It, 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 to me, Russia is dancing around a very sensitive subject because I, I mean, I don't really know. Uh, they're one, they're just one fucking incident away, a very bad incident. You know, if they bomb a children's hospital. Or they hit, but I think they're probably gonna hit uh, an American um, target somewhere. I could just see us having cruise ships, you know, an airliner going down. I, and I just, that's what I kind of see. I think that's what's gonna take to get America off, up off its ass and, and for Russia to be the one involved. And then they're gonna find out a lot about us. Uh, you know, and NATO's gearing up too. All the, all the, the European, and I. That's just something Russia can't afford. I, so I don't really. They're tiptoeing around. You know, some they're they're threading the needles. What it's coming down to, and it's just really. And I don't think if most of the people. I think people are like, "Wow, World War Three starting up," and they're kind of joking about it. And it's kind of it's kind of downplaying it right now, but it's coming. I mean. Europe, I've grown up my whole life. Europe has relatively been stable. Not a lot of fighting in Europe. Uh, But it has since, over the last, since 9-11, we've had terrorist attacks. We've had, you know... the, The world has been actually, like, becoming, like, you know, it's kind of like... Like two cars going down the freeway in the wrong direction, and they're going head on. Like we're just getting closer to that fucking that that collision. You know, uh, you know nine eleven. You know 
the the attacks, the terrorist attack. I mean, it's just the stage has been set over the course of a, a number of years for an all-out war to break out between every nation. I mean, a lot going to be a lot of nations fighting each other. Uh, and that kind of sucks. It's going to suck because it's going to be displayed all over the internet. Uh, all over the news, excuse me. And this literally could have been, I mean, a war is always avoidable to diplomacy. But this all could have been avoided if somebody would have sat down and actually told Russia. And no, and don't get kid yourself wrong. This is this is actually I know there's a lot of people saying Russia is like not is innocent in all this, but and and the thing is they're saying well America's been invading countries for a long time, which is true. I mean, we did go and involve invade Iraq when searching for weapons of mass destruction. Uh, that we were led to believe were there. Never found any, but uh, nonetheless, you know, nine eleven did happen. We got attacked first. I mean, that we, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that George Bush knew it was going to happen. I, I'm a firm believer in knowing that they knew that was happening, but it happened anyways. And a lot of countries got to understand that that some countries are actually waiting for things like that to happen. So that they can go and start sending military things out. And some countries just don't understand the, the stage of war. You know? And Russia doesn't have that. I know they were saying they're going to denazify Ukraine, but that's just not true. They were never attacked, there is no genocide. Uh, it's just so odd, you know. What's going on over there? But yeah, I think we're about six months away from it going down. Yeah, I think by late this year, I would even say an incident might kick off around summertime, right around July, right around our. Uh, if I had a guess, it's somewhere between our Independence Day, but I don't think it's going to be that uh, deliberate. But I definitely could see it going on around September, September 11th. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, there's always going to be those days that just like uh, we're gonna remember, you know, like Pearl Harbor in uh, in September 11th, and, and I think we're gonna be due for another one of those days. And I think it's gonna happen this year. Uh, so just be, just I mean, I'm calling it now. It's March 21st now, as I wrap up this episode. We're gonna have, and I might even be false flag. It might actually be a real flag operation where Russia or another country just simply says fuck it just bomb the fuck out of so if I was you if, if you're an American you're just out there I to me I would just stay out of Europe in general 
Um, you just need to stay the fuck out there. And then you need to also be very wary that while attack here at home is unlikely, it will be abroad. You know, so you just got to be careful when your international travels now because there's just a lot of things at play here. You know, the world is kind of a stage for everybody to vibe and jockey for position. And just, I just kind of feel like we're going to eventually get involved in this war and, and the rest of Europe is going to drag all of Europe into turmoil. And actually what I've seen about it, now that I think about it, I think the oil nations of, you know, the United Arab Emirates and, and Saudi Arabia and all them are going to make buku dollars off of this war because they're going to be supplying oil like crazy. Uh, again, I think there's just a lot of money to be made in oil stuff. And it's just like, wow, like, just another layer to the puzzle. But enough doom and gloom. Uh, we still got time to live our lives before some crazy shit happens um but that's it hopefully we'll get the, uh, get this up soon and then we'll be uh discussing another topic pretty soon so hang tight guys i'll be back on the next episode follow me right everywhere you know what's up catch you guys on the next episode laters